Before listening, ask a doctor if your heart is healthy enough for Dallas Cowboys football. This is Hanging with the Boys. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Now, your hosts, Nate Newton, Kurt Daniels, and Shannon Gross. 2018. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I missed you guys. No, you didn't. I did. I missed the show. I missed the fans. I did not miss Douglas, but I missed you, Nate, and I missed oh, you, Kurt. shucks. Thank you. Well, another year, another playoff missed. How you guys feel about the season? I thought you used to be in Mexico, right? Ain't you going to Mexico? Two, two weeks. Week and a half. All right. <laughs> Y'all will be solo. And oh, by the way, we will be on Mondays at 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, from here until probably at least training camp. We're going to have various guests on from time to time. Speaking of Chris Hall that we had on earlier this season. What's his title, Kurt? Oh, he's like, he has to do with the computer databases and stuff. In yeah, the scouting. Scouting. yeah, it's like the second man in the scouting department or something yeah he's got some some great stories and and great points of view he will be joining us at some point during today uh we're gonna have brought us on from time to time to talk about the draft and promote the draft show that they have weekly now and uh we'll have some other surprise guests that will drop in from time to time so that's something to look forward to and something else to look forward to nate how do you feel about nine and seven? It meaningless. Don't mean a thing. <laughs> it, it don't. And and I struggle with that. I, I, Better Nate Nate, isn't it? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Both of them get you sitting home, right? <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's. I come to conclusion. For me, uh, as an ex-player and as a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, you know, I, I I don't live an unrealistic life. I don't reach out there and try to grab something that's that's very very hard to get. That's out of my realm, mm-hmm. and be talking Super Bowl. I don't do that, but I, but but my expectations of winning your division or going ten and six should be a realistic goal. That's one gets you in the playoffs every year. Win your division every year, you're in the playoffs. Ten and six is a ninety-eight or ninety-seven percent chance that you will be in the playoffs every year. That that is my goal. Mm-hmm. I, I will that that. Nine and seven, I, you know, I talked about it, and I, and I, I, I talked to my wife. I said, Kurt, I said, well, yeah, you ain't my wife. I was going to say, wait a minute, I missed something <laughs> you know, there. But, I, but, but I'm saying, sweetheart, nine and seven, that's what, you know, I'm trying to feel what those guys in the locker room are feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm trying to get pumped up about it. And I, I said, Moose, I said, um, what you think about the nine and seven? I'm talking about Darrell Johnson, you know, we do this show. The inside, I think it's called. He kind of just looked at me. And then, you know, they open up with Moose. Moose, what are your first thoughts, you know, going around the horn? What do you think about 97? He just say, nothing. It's meaningless. It don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. It don't put you in the playoff. You know, building on next year, I, I hope it makes you hungrier. I hope it makes you want more. I hope it makes you do the correct thing so you can get back on the field next year. But – this year here, ninety-seven does nothing. Now, is the, is the season a, a failure? Uh, is it, it, no, it's not a failure, but it's unsatisfying because I can I can point out things that I'm happy about. I'm happy that those young guys got a chance to play, mm-hmm. 
and 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 I'm happy that our secondary is competitive again. I, you know, you can't rest. You know, even Jones had to split time with Kayvon Frazier. You know, uh, Skandrick, uh, they they forced him to play one position instead of trying to play uh, uh, slot on certain. Hey, you either slot or you the outside guy. We got guys. I, I, I like that type of competition. I like that. After eight nine games, they finally did let Charleston start to play. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I love that. You know, uh, uh, it was good to see Tyrone Crawford get through a year, a whole year. You know what I'm saying? Once he got to playing, to see him play, it was good to see Anthony Hitchens. You know, fulfill himself. You know, to see that hey, he he's he's not Sean Lee, but he can get to that level that he can play with a high on a high level and make plays. You know, that that's positive to me. Uh, De- Demarcus Lawrence came, man. He told me during training camp, you know, man, I got this. You know, I, I, you know, I, I'm past the, I'm past that point of pain. Like he said, I don't feel no pain. If I have to rush 18 straight times, I'm coming off that rock. So things like that excites me, you know. But it, so it leaves me wanting more. But do you know what? I don't have to go to OTAs. I don't have to. I don't have to get. I don't have to, you know, go through a rehab if I'm injured. Does these guys feel the way I feel? You know, I see the positive, but it, it leaves me unsatisfied. It leaves me a little bit disappointed because, and 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 I, and I listen to every, you know I was in there with Douglas, and I'm listening to everybody, and I, and I'm being like I told my wife, I say I don't want to hear it. Save your excuses. You know, you know, so. Well, if we'd have did this, and if we'd have did that, and if a frog would have had a glass rib, every time he jumped, it'd have broke. Right. So, and that means we wouldn't have no frogs in America. So, <laughs> I, you know, if if we would, but we didn't. Yeah, it, it just, you know, we doing shows, and we were doing a radio show the other day, and it's not our flagship station, so I, I care not give you the numbers, but it it got to a point where. We all got quiet, and I started laughing. I said, what you laughing at? I said, because it's getting kind of old repeating the same things. Mm-hmm. You, only, you either love theirs or you don't like theirs. You either had, he either had a good year because of the quarterback or he had, didn't have a good year because of the quarterback. Oh, now, now maybe he didn't get along with the wide receiver coach. Cole Beasley fell off because this. Okay, he, if he wouldn't have got suspended, he should have got suspended earlier. I mean, guess what? You, you figure it out, and it's still 9-7, and you're not in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now you picked them to go to nine and seven. Yeah, yeah. You, what did you expect it to? But what be I like expected for them to win the division. Mm-hmm. I said they have an outside chance of the playoffs because the division. Until I saw, uh, I thought I was a little bit more happier because I thought that's oh man we got New York because that's what everybody was picking. So when I saw New York doing the preseason, I'm like oh, they can't make it. Mm-hmm. Then I saw the Eagles in the first three part, three games of the season. Oh boy, we may be in a little trouble. But I figured we had a we would have a muddled up NFC East. It didn't work that way. We didn't muddle up nothing. It, it just it was a clear cut guy. After the ten games, it was a clear cut guy who was running the horse, who was leading the race. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had him at nine and seven with an outside chance. And my outside chance was, uh, besides the NFC East being muddled up. I'm I'm figuring our quarterback wouldn't have took a step back. He took a step back because the people around him took a step back. If 
it, understand what I'm saying. I, and it, it's kind of hard for, and I don't want to say non-football people to understand what I'm saying, uh, people that just don't have a basic understanding of what this game is about. This is a pass-happy league. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you have to pass the ball to win. You rarely see what Georgia did to Oklahoma. That's a rarity where you just running 75 and 80 and 90-yard touchdowns. That's a rarity, bro. Mm -hmm. That don't happen too often. This is a pass-happy league. Now, when you have a running back that's devastating like we what we have, like Todd Gurley, like uh, New England has, you notice all all of these backs can catch the ball and explode for touchdowns. So you're going to have to – be able to catch the ball as a back like what we have, like the Pittsburgh, New England, and all the t- guys, the guy down with the Saints, Kavara or whatever. Kamara. 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 Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the guys around our quarterback took a step back. Now, for whatever reason, you want to – Make the excuse, and I, I accept excuse from everybody because it's still going to wind up the same. No good. You're talking mainly receivers? The receivers step, took a step back. Uh, it took our defense too long to get to get going. And then when, num- then when number 21 left the scene, right. it, it just crumbled everything along with the left tackle. Our offensive line is our bread and butter. I'll repeat again. Our offensive line is our bread and butter. I'll repeat one more time. Our offensive line is our bread and butter. We lost two guys at the beginning of the year. We had Chaz Green at our left guard. Okay, something happened. He had a hip, he did whatever. Then they put Cooper. He adjusted well. Okay, our running back leaves the scene. Then our left tackle get hurt at the same time. That's that Atlanta game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our offensive line let us down. Our, our coach, our offensive coach let us down. Our coordinator let us down because they did not recognize in enough time what was happening. Yeah. Did you see the stat of when Smith plays and when he doesn't? He played 11 games this year. They allowed 13 sacks. Five games he didn't play, they allowed 19 sacks. Yeah. Well, we got we – got, Kurt, please don't take this. I love you, bro. <laughs> but – I can give you numbers all that when Sean Lee play when Sean Lee don't play when this the bottom line is the people around our quarterback let 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 down their game and it, it affected him. You go to the Atlanta game and on to the end of the season and you see what type of quarterback we had. I, I sat right in here and I said, Y'all, you may not see it, just see it right now, but as the season go on, what happened to our quarterback against Atlanta, that, that could hurt him. Seemed to rattle him, didn't it? Yeah, brother. <laughs> Out of the two years we've seen this kid play, what he did the game before this last game, where he read his, his progression across the board, he looked back, jumped off his feet, and tried to throw a ball back to Zeke, and it went over him. Have we ever seen him do that? Now, we've seen him throw interceptions, but those interceptions we saw him throw, he stood tall, he planted his feet, and he threw it with, like, with, I know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. That was a desperation throw, man. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I preached all year. 
Don't make this kid become desperate. Don't make a kid that naturally protects the ball become desperate. Because with him learning to get to be a better accurate passer, to be a more definite passer, to know where he's going, all of a sudden his natural ability to protect the ball, now we don't put all this on his shoulders. He ain't look like the same kid. Yeah. Kurt, what does nine and seven mean to you? Obviously, Nate doesn't like it. Now, yeah, and I understand what he <laughs> what he means. That I mean, you're not in the playoffs. It's, the bottom line is you're not in the playoffs. So right. it, it is a the, the year is a disappointment. Um, some good things happen, though, right? Yeah, some yeah, good th- things happen, and I think 20 years when we look back, nine and seven looks better than eight and eight. I mean, I'm glad they finished with a 500 record, mm-hmm. but again, they weren't in the playoffs. So yeah, you have to count this season as a as a. Di- I mean, we were we were talking conference championship or bust and. You know, they didn't make the playoffs, so it's – yeah, it's very disappointing. What worries y'all – and I'm, I'm, I'll ask you first, and then, Nate, I want to know what you think. What worries you the most after this last game? Dan Bailey's issues, because you know how kickers are. Once you've seen this way too often, they, they miss a few field goals. Sometimes that's bad news bears. They either have to go to another team or could be career enders sometimes if it gets in their head too much. Dez's production – his issues, Tyron's health issues, or trusting Zeke to be able to stay on the field for 16 games. I mean, you think about it. Yeah. Those are four. Those are four big time roles on this team. Big time score producers, yardage producers, and you've got major issues or major concerns with all four of them going into the off season. Okay. Okay. Well, starting with the kicker, mm-hmm. I'm not too concerned with that. Okay. One because I think Bailey's. He'll get his act together. Two, if he doesn't, kickers aren't the hardest thing in the world to find. But they're the most important thing. They are. I agree. But there's a big difference between finding a kicker and finding a franchise quarterback or whatever. Um, Tyron Smith's health has got to be a concern, I think. But um, Garrett was saying yet, and I realize he's kind of blowing smoke, but he doesn't, you know, they're acting like overall he's going to be okay. They'll, mm-hmm. you know, he'll, be, he'll bounce back. Uh, Dez. I don't think he's the number one anymore, and you hope they can maybe draft somebody that can fill that role. He said uh, one of his interviews going out that he'll he'll accept any role. We'll see if he really does. Just that not at last month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Zeke, I mean, what can you do? Zeke, Zeke's going to be Zeke. I think you yeah. just hope he's learned something. Nate, what what do you think about those four major concerns? Our offensive line let us down. Mm-hmm. And 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 if we if we're gonna be about something, and if you're gonna base everything off of the run, if you're gonna base everything off of the run, we, we it, it got to be Tyron. I mean, we should be able, you know, we should be able to be functional if our offensive line is intact. You know, we I can make an argument for we can go we need a receiver we we need this I can make an argument for all of that but none of that works without our offensive line mm-hmm. none of that works without our offensive line so our left tackle yeah and, and any other guy our right tackle if he was hurt our center if he especially our center if he was hurt mm-hmm. I'm just I'm being honest if you you know you can Bailey you can do whatever hey <laughs> him. The left tackle, uh, because we don't, we we as a coaching staff haven't helped when a guy's 
out there by itself on his lifeline and giving up six sacks. And come on, man. Yeah. And for everybody that's screaming, you know, cut Dez, get rid of Dez. Shut up with all that. <laughs> he makes you paid the man the money. You're stuck with his contract. If you cut him, you're on the line for what eight or nine million dollars. Then you got to go pay another eight or nine million to go find a receiver to replace him. So you're looking at you got to work out. You got you got you got you got to let Mr. Jones and Mr. Stephen Jones and 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 whoever else that's close to Dez. You got to let them work that out. Right. You know, uh, everybody see that the film showed that Dez wasn't the same guy we saw two years mm-hmm. ago. So something has to be done. You know, cutting him. You got enough dead money on your cap. Right. We got. See, it's a thousand places we can go. We gotta, we gotta sign, we gotta sign four guys mm-hmm. that I feel we must have to sign. We have to sign D. Law. That's mm-hmm. a franchise tag, sixteen, seventeen million, fifteen million, twelve at the least. Uh, we gotta sign to me Hitchens. That's your, that's your next biggest deal. Mm-hmm. We can play, uh, we can play our right guard at, at the, on the fifth year. You know, we can play him on the fifth year. What you do with Irving? Right. You know what? What, what you gonna do with him? And you gonna let Bryce Butler go? Do you? Do, are the two guys behind him? You sure they can do something? Right. Let me give you a list of the, the free agents real quick. We got fifteen of them. Unrestricted: Kellen Moore, Alfred Morris, Bryce Butler, Byron Bell, Jonathan Cooper, Joe Looney, D. Law, Stephen Paya, which I guess he's retired. He's retired. Yeah, reserve. He's um, reserve. Hitchens, Kyle Wilbur, uh, Ben Wickery. LP, it's another one. Then you got. It depends on where his money at. If his money too high, you got to let him go. Yeah. Restricted, you got Keith Smith, David Irving, and then exclusive rights, you got Brian Price. So you got some pretty big names on that list. I tell you what, one of them that kind of flies under the radar, just looking at this list, two actually, Looney and Cooper. Because Looney, I think, for a, a backup guard slash center, I mean, to be able to. You know, who, Travis Frederick goes down. You know, yeah. you let him go, what do you got? You know, we saw what happens at the left tackle whenever your <laughs> your all-pro guy goes down. Do you want that at center with it coming right up the middle? So, I'm with you, Nate. It's going to be, if nothing else, even if the coaching staff stays in place, it's going to be very interesting what they do with the personnel. You know, we saw who they had to let go last year or chose to let go with, you know, Leary and then pretty much the whole secondary and all that. Who was that cap specialist, Mickey? Uh, probably yeah, he, he does that mickey That's and that, yeah. dave probably does a, knows yeah, a little bit about dave. it so see well, see write this write this down for me do me a favor write this down sure. dez bryant anthony brown cole beasley tout to williams tyron williams uh who else uh, even Malik Collins. What all those guys have in common? And I and I and I'll get go through it. What all those guys have in common? You put down our quarterback. Put Dak down. What all of those guys have in common? Uh, they all play for the Dallas Cowboys, Nate. <laughs> That's about all I got. They all took a step back this year. Ah. Now, you can call any caller you want. You can call, It'll be a thousand excuses, but they all took a step back. Mm. 
And we needed for Brown to come up big this year. Malik Collins, uh, yeah, uh, I got an excuse for every one of these guys. Brown, second-year guy, second, six-round uh, six pick. Mm -hmm. uh, technique just left him. Confidence left him. But we needed him to step up big. Malik Collins went from the three technique to the one technique, had foot injuries. Okay? Uh, Dez Bryant, for whatever reason, come to find out, end of the year, uh, tendonitis, not getting along. From what I hear, not getting along with his coach. Uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Beasley. Beasley. Uh, double teams got him. Right. One, that just tells me you wasn't good enough to beat double teams. So, I mean, some of the double teams you have to beat. And then Williams. And then and Williams. Williams is just Williams. He, he just – that guy there, whatever I get from him, I've learned to accept. Let me ask you this, yeah, Kurt. His, his year was about the same. As, well, he had fewer touchdowns. But his... Let me ask you this. Good point by Nate. These guys took a step back, right? Did they take a step back or is this what they are and last year was just such an outstanding year and they overperformed – that this is what they are, and they didn't really take a step back. This I pray to God, they ain't, because if this is what they are, then this is what we're facing next year. Yeah. Right. So, I, I guess my only – I agree. Well, Collins, you hope it was just the injury. You, yeah, you, he took. He went to a no, new position. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, I got the pro and I got the con. Yeah. And whichever one is supposed to be good or bad, the bad thing about Collins is he had to go to the one technique with a foot injury. That's a different position. But you, but you still have played in the interior of the line. Yeah, which after what we saw of him at camp, I got to think this was injury related. Yeah, yeah. Because he was killing them at camp. So Yeah. See, and, and, and Beasley, he never faced double team. I remember Mike Irvin when he was first going through his first year of double team. Mm -hmm. Man, and I was like, Mike, what's up, baby? And I'm just laughing because I know he's trying to be the best he can be, but I could see him out on the field working with his quarterback. Yeah. So – I'm asking this question, man. What's up, man? I got to learn how to beat these double teams. Yeah. I got to learn how to run these routes better. I got to learn how to come out of these breaks quicker. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. I guess my only concern with the wide receivers is that, I mean, some of that fall on Dak. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. So but see, guess, they... guess what name I got with, uh, at the head of that list? Right. I, I, I know, but I mean. <laughs> yeah. Guess what name I got at the head of that list? How much more. I mean, they all took a step back. Yes, they all took a step back. But can they ever take a big step forward if Dak doesn't do his part? Uh, yeah, they're going to have to. Well, yeah, they, yeah I, I, I'm serious. I, I know the question you asked. But, yeah, they, he's going to have to and they're going to have to. Here, here's the deal with that, Kurt. You got some mediocre quarterbacks to borderline bad that still have 11, 1,200-yard receivers on their team. So I think, yeah, you can you can lift the quarterback up to answer yeah. your question. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we got a special guest here. Maybe we, we're going to grill him we out. We do. We have Chris <laughs> Hall in studio. We're going to take a so, quick break. So. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk to the man behind the wig on Hanging with the Boys. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. 
To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See below for details. Back to Hanging with the Boys. We are back at the star, Frisco, Texas. Kurt. Yes, sir. I know it's been about a week or week and a half since you talked about balls security. I sure missed that. I lied to you. A true cowboy loves his freedom, and Tommy John gives you that feeling of freedom where it counts with a contour pouch that nestles you in fabrics you can barely feel. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. That's when I get hot. All right. Now that we got that out of the way. Kurt Daniels, Nate Newton, Shannon Gross. Douglas, even though we don't like to acknowledge you back there. I understand. We are joined by very special guest, Chris Hall. What's up, fellas? What's up with you? I'm just getting ready to get get some serious scouting. Get after it. So, (laughs) for the people that didn't tune into the show earlier in the season when you were on, what what exactly is your title and kind of what do you do? I'm the assistant director of college scouting, and uh, basically I'm tasked with keeping track of our circus back there that leads up to the draft every April. So you're not busy at all right about this time no. of year? No. <laughs> Just uh, waiting to see what's going on, you know? Yeah. So what is your, with all these senior bowl games and all-star games and all that stuff, what, what's your next couple, few weeks look like? Uh, the next couple of weeks basically is exactly that. It's all-star games. Uh, there's a there's a small game here locally in Addison that we'll spend some time looking at some players. They uh, they don't play a game, but they practice and get together and do teamwork and some scrimmages for three days. And uh, after that, there's the NFLPA game out in California and the East-West Shrine game down in Florida. We'll split our staff up and half will go east, half will go west. And then the following week, we all end up in Mobile, Alabama for the week watching the Senior Bowl. So... We'll get our eyes on a lot of players uh, from first-rounders to free agents over the next couple of weeks. Cool. So what exactly – so when you go to those games, what's your role? To, do you guys have meetings after practices and kind of talk and collect notes, or how does that process Yeah, work? a little bit. Um, we kind of split up the positions uh, by depending on who's at what game. Uh, each scout's kind of assigned a, a cross-check position, and they follow that, and they also follow the players that they've scouted during the year. So uh, it's, it's their first chance in a lot of cases to get to actually interview these guys and talk with them 
and get to know the person a little bit. You've watched them on tape. You've heard other people tell you about who they are and what they what they can do. But now's your chance to actually visit with the with the player and and get to see how they talk to you and how they react to your questions and and get to know the person a little bit on top of the player. Before we let Kurt get at you, how many <laughs> how many players when you when y'all first started this? Soon after training camp, because that's when you right. they, they soon after training camp they start leaving training camp, going into their designated regions. Mm-hmm. How many guys will y'all just glimpse at over that period of time? Well, we our our database started off with about eight hundred players in it, and it's up to almost twelve hundred now. Man, when you start looking at uh, the juniors that come out, the guys that maybe weren't written by our scouting service to start off with. And uh, just players that have played their way into being prospects this fall. So, you know, we've got a staff of 10 college guys that are out there. And uh, we break the country up into eight regions. And four guys go over the top of that. And uh, we try and get eyes on everybody. At least uh, two people see all the guys that that we think we might get to camp. And three or four guys to see the players that we feel will be on our draft board. That was what I was kind of wondering. At this point, are you – you going to these All Star games? Are they're, they're like a handful of guys. You, I really want to see them. Oh yeah, a handful of position. I really got to focus on that. Are you? Is it still kind of a blanket trying to see? A it's a little bit of both, system? but you know we've we've got a ton of grades in our system, and we we've got a board a working board built, and we've got cross checklists set up, so we know who the top ten to twenty players are at each position, and we're starting to zoom in on those guys a little bit more than the guys that we think are camp guys or guys out of that 1,200 players that really don't fit our scheme or we don't think are good enough at this point. Without giving us dates, <clears throat> how it won't be too long before y'all meet with the coaching staff to see where, where their thoughts at, right? Yeah, uh, that's one thing we've done a really good job, and I give Will McClay a lot of credit for that, is kind of bridging the gap. And our coaching staff deserves credit too because – We've really come together a little bit more over the last few years and worked together really well in this spring process uh, of helping sort out, uh, understanding better what, what the coaches want in the schemes that we're playing and, and trying to provide those players and, and eliminate the guys that really don't fit what we do. So, you know, you know, Nate, back in your day, I mean, yeah. you, could, you could run and pull. Well, we right. still want guys that can run and pull. Right. But you'd rather have a big guy that can run and pull than a little guy that can run and pull. <laughs> right, right. So, you know. Thanks for not it, calling me fat. <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah, I mean, you understand. The more yeah. we understand what our coaches are doing, the better we can help get them the right kind of players that they, they think can succeed in the schemes that we're playing right now. When do you have your first, say for this upcoming draft in April, when did you have your first board your first draft board put together where you actually had guys kind of? Well, we have a working board right out of the gate to start with, just based on like an A grade, a B grade, and a C grade. Mm-hmm. And then as our, our actual grades come in through the fall, we build that board as we go, as we get the grades. So we're always slotting guys up and down and moving them. So we've got a pretty good idea where we feel the strength of the draft is at this point. And, you know, hopefully that, that marries up with some of, you know, the weaker areas on our team that we're looking to improve and, you know, we, we really addressed our secondary last year. We mm-hmm. felt that looking at it last year that that was a real deep part of the draft, and we were able to, you know, pick out some guys and put them in there. And, and by the end of the year, they were playing pretty good for us, and the future looks good for those guys in the back end right now. So when you say right out of the gate, say the draft is the end of April, mm-hmm. when will you have next year's draft board? Will you already have one kind of set right after that, or is it a few months before you uh, 
training camp. You know, okay. by the time we get to training camp, we kind of have an idea on how the guys are slotted in there and what, what it's looking Nate, like. Nate, you yeah. said they were. Don't look at me well, like that. once again. You said they were working at camp. Once again, can I, I ask the same the question? Board. We caught that look on camera. Uh, Did you? Like, <laughs> we, they said, <laughs> wow. Thanks. Chris. If you're just listening to this, <laughs> thank, go, thank you, Chris, thank you go back. Go. Well, you got to look at two things in this show. One, Chris Hall has the best hair in the company. Yeah, yeah. And two, Jesus the, the the look that Nate just gave me whenever I asked that question. Okay, go ahead, Nate. It's just amazing how you sounded like a fan then. Okay, we just finished the draft. Okay, but when we worry about the next draft. <laughs> hey, trying to bring the fans' perspective, man. The show's but, about. But, nah. Uh, now, this is the big question. And, and and I've never believed this. And, Chris, you can say whatever you need. Uh, what you need versus what's the best player. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the chicken and egg question. <laughs> yes, you know? it is. It's, Explain that. There's a different philosophy all over the place depending on who you talk to. Okay. But what, we try and, what we try and do is, you, you, you know. Hey, point you that mic a little closer to you. You hear that you don't want to draft for, for need, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the thought is you never want to pass up a more talented player to, to take a lesser player who fills a need. So what you try and do is it, you might have a guy that's a little bit rated higher than the guy that you take, but, but you've already got three running backs on your roster. So if the talent is close to being even, then you lean towards your need. But if – if you have a spot where a guy is just clearly better and you may mm. already be stocked up at that spot, man, that's hard to pass those guys up. And that's sometimes where you get into discussions in the draft room and right. draft process uh, between your coaching staff and ownership and your scouting scouting group because, look, we're all trying to make the team better, mm-hmm. right, and, and better for the long term. Well, sometimes the coaches are maybe in it for the shorter term to get better now, mm-hmm. so they're going to want something that fills a gap right now. So that's the tricky thing you have to try and balance is, is helping now but building for the future as well. So is it draft for need, draft the best player? Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, agree. I'm it, with you. You, you kind of got to feel it as it goes and see what's available at the time. Because when when you go into a draft room, and and me, and and you, you like I said, I know you can't divulge how, what y'all thinking. How, but for me, you know, I think he want a receiver, he want a linebacker. This guy want uh, me. I, I think our team is at a position where we need to draft what's a, a what's what's available. That's good enough to get on the field at this point. And now that's just my feeling. And give us your feelings, uh, Shannon. Honestly, on on this team after this year, you know, I don't think there's a position that if a top guy is there when you get there that you could pass on him because I think there's so many questions and so many, you know, injuries that you don't know the future of. And, you know, even with Zeke, the off-field problems, you know, you don't know – you need somebody there like an Alfred Morris or if that guy's in the draft. You know, I don't – even with Dak, like, you know, year one and year two were two different stories. I doubt I would take a quarterback or a running back, but I'm saying that wouldn't be completely – no way, there's no way we're not taking one of those guys. So, I don't think there's a position on this team that you don't take. I I kind of lean towards linebacker because of Sean Lee's health. You don't know what's happening with Hitchens. 
linebacker, receiver, held the secondary so young that you can never have too many secondary guys. Offensive line, we're really good at drafting offensive linemen in the first round. I wouldn't be opposed to grabbing one of those guys. What do you think, Kurt? Yeah, I'm always for best available, at the, especially in the first round. You need a guy that's going to help the team immediately. Now, don't you have basically the same thought when you're talking to the coaches too? No question. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I know you and Will be sitting over there like, Okay. So how do y'all start prioritizing? I mean, everybody over there wants the best guy at their position as as a coach. Mm -hmm. You you wanna you wanna coach grade A talent, A one. So even though we've got Jason Witten and he's a Hall of Fame player, you can't tell me that our tight end coach isn't in there lobbying to get another guy in there. Or or that our O line coach isn't up there saying, yeah, I know we got three number ones in here and we and another one and you know we could use one more guy because we we can still get better here at this spot. Right. And, and the same thing. I mean, your your suggestion that linebacker, yeah, we got we got questions. There are a bunch of good players there, but they've each got a question mark with mm-hmm. them at some point. Uh, the secondary is super young. These guys are just getting their feet wet this year. Just, I mean, we got some confidence in them the last couple of weeks, but are they going to come back and do the same thing? You know, you mentioned Zeke and his issues that he has. I mean, are we comfortable going forward with that? If Alfred leaves, is Rod Smith the guy that's next up and we feel good about? Those are the questions that we've got to internally debate as we go forward and we see who comes down the pipe. I mean, yeah, if Saquon Barkley's there at number 19, I think we'll probably ah, take You won't see that one. <laughs> you know, I mean, those are the what-ifs. But Whoa. Like, you know, do you take Aaron Rodgers if he keeps falling down to you? Well, somebody eventually did, and right. it turned out pretty good for him. Yeah. And they didn't need a quarterback at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I have a dumb question for you, don't mind. It ain't dumb. <laughs> I don't know what's coming from Kurt. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> hey, the, scouting de- the scouting department as a whole, obviously you're on the amateur side. Does the scouting department assist or help or do anything with the kind of grading out and evaluation of this year's players that are on the team now? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, and our pro guys handle more of that than, than the college group that I work primarily with. And uh, we have an end-of-the-season evaluation. The coaches do a separate end-of-the-season evaluation. And, you know, so there's two different looks at it. So, you know, Mr. Jones, he, he gets two different opinions on it. Uh, and, and sometimes they're a little bit different. You know, they have a lot more information about exactly what was going on during the season, during a game. I mean, you don't know. Right. Sometimes when you're looking at a game Monday morning, you don't know if the quarterback checked off something or if whose fault it was not picking up a blitz or did the receiver run the right route. You know, we don't necessarily know all these things until you ask. Right. So you could be looking at, 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 a, at a TV copy of something at home or at the game and it looks like somebody busted when it was actually somebody else. But you can see from a technique standpoint of a guy's getting better or sure. having troubles or that maybe that's, I think you can, yeah. definitely. But it's it's sometimes it's the mental aspect of it which is every bit as important right. as the physical aspect that you're not hundred percent sure about until you ask the question and find that out. And you know, that's because, where and see that and you you guys hear me say it all the time. what you thinking? If you if you if you are not confident and you're not mentally strong, it, it'll break you. It'll, it, 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 oh man, it, you, your ability—it's amazing. I've seen guys that you know world class, but they lose as soon as they lose that confidence. Man, you be like, is this the same guy? Because it's all about confidence, success being repeated over and over. Mm-hmm. You may not be. You talked about grading out positions. You, I don't know how much you can tell us or whatever, but who's somebody if you can tell us that 
the fans may think they had a so-so year or not that great of a year that actually graded out higher than what you think the fans would expect? Because uh, like you said, us us as fans watching the game, you don't know who busted the coverage. You just see the closest guy chasing him down the field. Right. You don't know who this is right. and this. And I, I think there's a our fans have a misconception of some of the players on our team sure. that they're not that great that really – when you guys grade them out, they're they're right up. I near tell the top. you what, man, I bet you Heath grade so, jumped that, over the years. That, that was that was the one name I was probably. Yeah, Heath get grade went from oh my god, can he play it to <laughs> yeah, I'm for real, man. See, but Jeff, Jeff's a great example of what you just said. Yeah, the opposite way, his confidence I think continued to grow. Oh yeah, he played more. And there were fewer those missed tackles that people were down on over the last couple of years because Jeff would splatter you right. or he'd miss you sometimes. Mm -hmm. But this year it was pretty darn consistent. Mm. And, you know, he led our team in interceptions. It was just with three. But he still, you got to give him credit for that. He, The guy made some incredible plays. I mean, the the play in Oakland, you know, he said they won the game for us, essentially, yeah. knocking the ball out of David Carr at the, at the goal line. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that there's some hidden things that Jeff brings to the game that maybe go unnoticed sometimes to where he – probably deserves a little more credit than he might get from the average fan. And I'm going to tell you who else really, really did a nice job that didn't look good the first two or three was Kayvon Frazier. Yeah, and again, he, he, yeah. same thing. Kayvon, I would argue, might be one of the best special teams players in the league. Derek Eagleton, if you're listening – <laughs> Mark that, Douglas. Tell me what time that was because I had a conversation with Derek about this, and he almost called me crazy. Okay, Man, you got to understand that Derek. Derek is <laughs> thank at, you, Chris. He's at, he's coming from a University of Texas perspective. They've been muddled the last few years, so they are not thinking clearly. They all. You ever seen the movie, uh, Damien? You ever seen the movie? Uh, Matt Damien played a movie like it's a Chinese movie. I can't think of. Oh, the Great Wall. The Great Wall. Wait, <laughs> this, where this lady animal could holler oh, at every all these thousands of things. <laughs> How'd that go? All of these, I'm serious. All of these thousands of things, Chris, would respond to her. You're the Great Wall. I have to go it. back and watch, and to go up to the point where they, where this queen is just holler, and every all these things understood what she wanted. So what does that say about yeah, it? And that's the Long University of Texas right oh, now. Okay. When anybody hollers, oh, they just go. Going. They just go. Their mind is muddled. And if she don't holler, they just continue to fight. If that's hey, what Derek does. That's why I don't pay attention to Texas. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I do weird stuff like that. I How long have I known you? How long have I known you? Yeah, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're talking about the film and how what you see on what people see on film and what really went on in the game, uh, and how that applies to NFL evaluation. How does that apply to the draft and what you think you're seeing a college player do? And then you go and you talk to his coach, and maybe you find out he's either smarter or not as smart as maybe you thought based on the tape. Right. That's a, that's a great question, and that's one of the hardest things for us to do is to – marry the player's mental to his physical ability and you have to ask a lot of questions and you got to spend a lot of time and the best way to do that is to sit down with the player and watch tape with them when you get that opportunity and have them explain what's going on here or you have them draw up a play I mean you might only have 15 minutes to interview a guy and you don't have video so you put a piece of paper to put your favorite play down on on paper for me here 
Some guys have a hard time drawing a formation, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, and other guys, man, they can give you everything. Formation along with the coverage, the yeah. Doing. Coverage is offense, defense. I mean, wow. you, it's it's surprising when, when we put some guys to the test like that that, you know, they struggle drawing a front sometimes. How often do you get to – you, you always hear at the – Scouting combine that happens, right? How 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 many other times? Well, at these bowl game, these all star games that we'll go to, and and in a lot of cases in these settings, it's it's nothing but a speed dating deal. You're 15 minutes, and you're trying to you're trying to get this guy to open up to you in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's tough. <laughs> so you you try and ask a few key questions that you ask of everybody, so so maybe you're getting the same type of answer, and you can gauge those against each other, but. At the end of the day, you really don't know until, you know, we're, we're allowed to bring 30 players here to Dallas. And that's, you know, and everybody gets on us because, oh, well, the Cowboys look who they're bringing in. They're going to draft those guys. Well, yeah, you know what? We are because we really get to know those guys and we feel comfortable with them and we feel like they're going to fit and help us get better. So the, time, the more time you can spend with a guy, and that includes sending coaches, sending scouts out to see these guys in the spring, work out with them, take them to dinner. How do they treat the the, the waitress. waitress? Yeah, you know, I do. They hold the door for for the kids coming in or out. You know, little things like that tell you about a person, mm-hmm. and and I think that's important. And I also really feel like you've got to be really smart to play the game of football these days. To stay on the field for three downs, and and be a difference maker, you've got to study it and you've got to know the game, what what your team's doing, and as much as you can about what the other team's doing. So. I want smart guys. I don't want guys that I'm not going to have to worry about. Are they doing the extra work? Are they putting the film work in? Do they know the playbook? Because if they don't and they bust when they, you know what, they're not going back in, especially as a young guy. They got to earn their way back in there if they make mistakes like that. So you can't see the talent if they can't do what they're being asked to do. So, so what you're saying is, you especially on the college side, y'all y'all building relationships with with other colleges, with all the colleges, no going question. back to some of the high school coaches, trying to build good relationships where they can give you an honest opinion on their kid. Like they may love the kid, but they're not gonna lie to you. You hope yeah. they don't, yeah. And that's where the relationships are so important, you know. And I've seen both sides of it: guys that you thought were getting good information turned out to be pulling your leg to protect the kid. Sometimes, right? Wow. You know what? What I've one of the realizations I've come to in the last year or so is football's really professional football is really one of the few sports that you really don't get to know the kid in his amateur development. Right. I mean, you think about some of the access that other scouts and other sports have to players. Uh, I mean, hockey and soccer and base, basketball, baseball. especially basketball. But, but you're around these kids when they're in high school, a lot of them, and a lot of these sports, even basketball nowadays. Yeah. And you and you're able to have more access to watch them practice more often. They have a longer season. They have more opportunities for guys to get to know them. So, if a junior just declares here in two weeks that he's coming out and he comes straight out of the woods and we don't know anything about him, we've got three months to get to know that guy. That's it. <laughs> and, and you might get a chance to interview him for 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, and. If you make a big enough splash to get your attention. So it it can be tricky getting to know the person. Wow. That's what makes it hard for us sometimes. So I'm supposed to add Chris to the open now, right? Yeah, sure. (laughs) To the show open, just throw him on in there. Yeah, he's going to be on every every Monday at uh, 11 (laughs) o'clock at some point. Calling in from the senior bowl. He won't be busy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be at the senior bowl myself. I'll be in Mexico. 
<laughs> hey, uh, so we need a bowl game in Mexico. <laughs> Used to have one in Hawaii. Yeah, that used to be nice too. <laughs> Let's. Uh, I don't know what's going on with these headphones, man. All right, no, no. Maybe. We hear you. Don't worry about okay. it if you hear yourself. Let's let's take a quick our final break, and then when we come back, Chris Hall is going to tell you who the Dallas Cowboys are going to take with the 19th overall <laughs> pick in the 2018 draft. Don't hang it with the boys. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.com cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50. $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com slash cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to hanging with the boys back the star in frisco texas where it is chilly outside a weird day here it has been a very weird day we had why is, why is that Kurt? now hold on excuse me why has it been a weird well, day we had Kurt? a fire alarm okay yep. we all had to go outside this doesn't happen when it's 70 outside right right when it's 20, 25 <laughs> so, so we're all yeah and then the power went out right right and then One, the fire alarm went off again okay yeah. I don't think we're meant to be here today. And when the power goes out, if you've got card access to your room, room. that you work in, you no longer can get in. Oh, <laughs> man. So did you just stand out in the hall, Douglas? Thereabouts. Mm. <laughs> I went back to my desk and watched YouTube videos. So, so that broke you away from the film, right, Chris? For a minute, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, who are we taking with the number one pick? Well, the- Nate just told you. Who? Take the best player available. <laughs> he said that off air, though. I yeah. thought you were going to give me a name. I thought you knew who it was going to be. At hey, 18. I'd love to give you a name, but I don't Chris even know trouble. who all the guys are in the draft yet. <laughs> he said he got 1,200 guys. Oh, then this year, 2018. A bunch of juniors who haven't decided yeah. if they're coming or not. What what does, What is their deadline date, juniors? Uh, their date is either the 15th or the 18th of January. I forget which. And then they get a couple of days to – change their mind if they want to, and then it becomes final a couple of days after that, and the league will send us out a memo 
that has all the names that have been given what they call special eligibility to to come in to the draft this year. So, well, these these juniors are not allowed at the senior bowls and stuff like that. Are, are well, the last couple of years they tweaked it a little bit. So, um, if a junior has graduated and is done, yes, they will, and he's already announced it and he's got his degree, they'll they'll allow him to play. Now they've only let one or two guys do this each year. Uh, Cortland Sutton from SMU yeah. is going to play in the Senior Bowl this year. He still had another year of eligibility, but he graduated in December. And uh, so he's going to be one of the guys that gets to play in the game this year. Uh, the quarterback from Wyoming was trying to get that done, but he was like three credits short. So technicality, you know, they won't let him play because he doesn't have his degree. Right. Crazy. Wow. Can I ask the important question? Yeah. What concert you got coming up? Oh, Black Label. <laughs> All right. Where are they coming? Bomb Factory. <laughs> Next Saturday. Really? 13th. So you're a concert guy? Oh, yeah. I not didn't as, know that, man. As, oh, yeah. I did not know that, he's man. Big, he's a big rock guy. That's uh, Zach Wilde's band, yes. right? Yeah. Yep. Ozzy's old guitar player. Yeah, I wouldn't mind going to see that. Wow. wow. You didn't know he was a big concert guy? So Kurt's a big metalhead, if you didn't know that. Like, <laughs> hardcore. For real? You didn't know that? I, I like hard rock. Yeah, I don't. For Kurt. Yeah. You would think it's hardcore, like Metallica wow. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthrax. That's sweet. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, hey, Douglas, get in on this now. This They're they going down your road, brother. Well, I'm just wondering if Coach Garrett tries to get Chris to go to uh, Bob Dylan Springsteen. And, and Springsteen concerts with him. Or is that just a Laufenberg thing? I think that's a Laufenberg. That's a backup quarterback thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what kind wow, of music are you into? A shot at the backups. <laughs> <laughs> I love all music. I, I really do. And yeah. uh, but since I've become a Christian, I have to kind of <laughs> be stay in constant prayer when I hear stuff like Tupac. And <laughs> <laughs> Challenges you. Yeah, challenges. I have to stay in constant press. So, hey. But, Ed, Chris, that is great. You you know, Chris has always been. So, was Chris here when you were here? Yeah, from the beginning. Okay. He's always been low-key. Mm -hmm. I used to call him Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped doing that. <laughs> hey, Jesus, what's up? Oh, yeah. Hey, he was going to concerts. I think I'm Jesus. <laughs> but, hey, man, it's just. It, it, oh, that amazes me, brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no wonder you. I need screaming guitars. Okay, and what's the last concert you went to, Kurt? Uh, it's probably Metallica at the stadium. I'm so so mad I missed that. Oh, it was good. So it was mad good. I didn't go. Good. Was it good? Did y'all go to Guns N' Roses? Yes, I did not. I I didn't go to that. You know, we were, the, we were actually at training camp when that. I happened, know. And I flew home <laughs> that night because we had a day off. That yeah. was a day right. off, and it also happened to be my birthday. So. I gave myself a birthday present and flew out LAX. Uh, came back on the 6 a.m. flight the next day and didn't miss it. I was so I was so pissed because and it was worth it. Was it really? Because they played here like three days before we came back, and then we came back and they played the Rose Bowl like three days after we flew back, and I missed both of them. And the crazy thing about that show, the Colt opened up for them. Yeah. And in 1987, they I, did. Saw, I saw Guns N' Roses open for the Colts. That's right. Ah. Bronco Bowl. Here. <laughs> wow. I remember that. I wasn't at the concert, but I remember that happened. Yep. And then they had to reverse who opened for who in yep. about three months. <laughs> Flipped it. That was when the Colt was out on Electric and Guns' album just, just broke. I think Electric's probably one of the best albums. I tell you what, I saw the Colt open up for Marilyn Manson, I think, two years ago. And I just went. I'm not a Marilyn Manson fan, but I like some of the opening acts. And the guy for the lead singer for the Cult, man, he's a weird cat. He gets political on you, and 
trips out and i was like okay i didn't realize i was at a well with, with a name like colt something gotta give <laughs> yeah, he's got dark hair but, pasty skin and dark tattoos but you know the, bad see, combo. music is good man and, and, you know i tell people you know like i said i do have to kind of back up with some of the music i i used to listen to but i can turn the radio on and it just don't matter as long as it ain't acid kind of just real crazy like mm-hmm. music is good you know it's kind of totally agree. It, it, it's kind of hard for me to be because sometimes i'm listening I'm, I'm, I'm kind of rocking my wife looking at me like baby music is good <laughs> and that's all i can say you know what i'm saying if, if, if it makes if you me- move brother if music if music can't soothe you you know whether it's a hard bruce springsteen or it's far enough like i say big and small that is not good music because it don't lead you anywhere. I'm talking about my boy Biggie and all of them, mm-hmm. you know, with, with, what they were saying. But just, uh, you know, like for me, it was Gap Band. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, Lionel Richie, uh, you know, Prince. If music can't take you somewhere, like Luther, for me, Whitney, if it can't take you somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Totally. A, a peace of mind. And see, when I, I don't know Foreigner, Journey, I don't know when they're seeing it, but I can ask my wife. She knows all these groups. I said, baby, who is that? That sounds good. Well, that's Journey. That's Farner. Now, I knew Springsteen because everybody know him. His voice is raspy and hard. Everybody know him. Hugh Lewis in the news. So I'm the old guy. I'm the old guy. Now, this new stuff y'all talking about that's been around a while. Hugh Lewis back in the but day. But see, that's the guys, all the guys. You know, when I used to listen to Willie Nelson, the brothers used to be like, hey, man, we heard you. Ba- <laughs> can you imagine? I got eight teams in my ride and Willie Nelson. <laughs> on the hey, road again. Yeah. They're like, hey, the brothers I be going to do it. Bro, what's that? That was from Willie Nelson. Man, what in if you don't get out of it? <laughs> you get in trouble. But music to me has no race. I was just put it simple. For me, music has no race. You know, and, and I and I've always I've always lived by that creed. And now now it allows me to open up to everything. I love, love it. Music. Me too. <laughs> One love. Constant. Unless I go to Mexico to listen to something. I ain't going to Mexico to listen to nothing. Who are you seeing no. in Mexico? You're going to Mexico. What concert is it? Down in old Mexico. So every year, I'm not even a Luke Bryan fan. Yeah, right. But he goes he, every year. Though. I go every year because of the experience. <laughs> it's a full, It's a four-day country. experience. Yeah. It's a, it's a four-day country concert on the beach, and it's on the property of the hotel. So, like, you walk out of your room and literally walk down the beach, and they have a big stage set up, and the ocean's right there. And it's evidently if it's on the beach, I think the ocean gonna be somewhere. It could be it could be on a lake. <laughs> lake Louisville. They got beaches. And uh so it's all inclusive. So you get off literally get off the plane. They they're holding up a sign that says crash my playa. And you get on the bus and there's coolers full of beer on the bus. They take your bags and you don't pay for anything the rest of the time that you're there. So I go Oh, so that's the kicker. Yeah. I, thanks, Chris. It's all inclusive. <laughs> so this year it's Luke Bryan plays Friday and Sunday, Blake Shelton is Saturday, and then Sam Hunt is Thursday, and then there's some other opening acts. Who is Sam Hunt? He sings. Look him up. He's kind of that pop country, like Florida Georgia line. I'm not a huge fan of his, but 
he's got some catchy. Things. I didn't realize it was all on the hotel property. That oh yeah, that gives you better odds of making it back to your. Oh yeah, I've <laughs> I've slept on the beach before because I didn't make it back to my hotel. I got confused and couldn't figure out where to go. So I was just like, oh chair. <laughs> so, Found the beach and not the water. That's right. <laughs> so so Chris went back to football. Wow. So. So how many years has this been for you? You married? You I knew share that was some coming. of the personal that's stuff. That's Nate's go-to question. Any player or anybody that's on this show, Nate, so what you want? What's your woman situation what about like? Your lady yeah. And you see some of the players go. Ugh. Well, I, I've been married to the Cowboys for twenty uh-huh. years now. Yeah. My wife, my wife for twenty-two years. Wow. Uh, Any I, kids? I have two daughters. I have oh, a fifteen-year-old girl and a seventeen-year-old girl. Sweet man. So wow. we, uh, we've been. Uh, exploring where we're going to college next year so so what's what's she liking uh well right now she's uh been accepted at oklahoma baylor and texas a&m now you're a mustang yes i'm a mustang oh. but but she's waiting on rice duke and vanderbilt there you Ooh, go. wow Ooh. wow so heavy hitters yeah, yep she's a pretty amazing kid smart kid so oh, she's gonna, oklahoma, wants to be a doctor texas down the road so. oh very yeah. cool if she gonna need her to if she if she stays in the state of sec, the state of Texas Texas A and M because Texas A and M and Texas they take care of their own exactly that's I'm why serious. that's they why take I'm, care coming their own. Around, I'm coming around to the whole yeah thing, they so. they take care of their own I, I knew a veterinarian Texas A and M uh, it's a cult down soon there, as right? I, soon as I mentioned that, you know <laughs> any of his buddies and I'm like man I know this guy take. They know each other. I mean, they are oh, connected, yeah. and they will they will look out for. They me. all wear them yeah. stupid rings. And <laughs> Don't that. be jealous, man. Don't all be jealous. Their bathrooms with A and M fuzzy stuff. Uh, my 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 best one of my best friends. His daughter attends Texas A and M, and his uh, her boyfriend is a defensive end for Texas A and M. And uh, and the people in the neighborhood found out that my best friend's daughter was going to Texas A and M. She's like, I ain't know I had these many neighbors. <laughs> showing up. <laughs> well, Chris, last last question. With the draft coming up, that's like your Super Bowl, right? Yep. That's what you no prepare question. all year for. Definitely. Is it is it still is it fun for you, or is it oh, so yeah. stressful that you just don't get to enjoy it? No, it's yeah, it's obviously stressful because there's so many moving parts. Yeah. To, and I'm talking about actual draft yeah, day, draft weekend. Dra- draft day, draft day is usually a blast. Mm-hmm. Because you've spent a whole year putting this whole thing together and and you just kind of watch it unfold until it gets down to your wheelhouse when you can start affecting things. And, you know, we've had an incredible history of <laughs> moving all over the draft board. And those are some of the most amazing experiences to watch how that all comes together and watch the Joneses work the phones and, and figure out, is this a good deal for us? Is, eh, no, we need more here or, I don't know if we do this, we might miss out on this player. You know, man, that that's exciting. So, yeah, you're a little bleary-eyed by the time you get to the finish line, but man, there's always a lot of juice left when you when you cross over there and get to get to draft day for sure. Man, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us. Yep. We hey, I got one more question. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I got one more question. Oh, go ahead. So, when y'all when y'all get through with the draft, how long is it before you get the draft? <laughs> Training camp, Nate. Training camp. <laughs> Did you not pay attention to anything Chris had to say today? Training camp. I ain't going to forget that. You oh, know I, gonna... I don't like you anymore. I'm so glad I'm going gotcha. to Mexico in two weeks. Oh, congratulations, by the way, to uh, Everson Walls and yes. Cheryl Owens yeah. for being uh, yep. two class of 2018 
Hall of Fame inductee finalist. So. Chris was talking about uh, Jeff Heath's three interceptions. I mean, Everson, those <laughs> those were double digits like every season. Yeah, that was that was a, a different deal back then. Yes, man. it was. Pulling well, down 11, 12 interceptions. CBs could season. catch. Now, that was, that's some crazy numbers. From a guy who ran a 4-6. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he also had two tall Jones covering the quarterback's eyes, so he couldn't see where he was throwing. I wasn't a fast guy either, but, hey, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Still got three rings, though. There you go. Well, Chris, thanks a lot, man. We'll, we'll Hopefully we'll get you on a lot during the offseason once yep. things slow down a little bit for you. All right. All right, Kurt, thank you thanks, for showing guys. up. Thank Nate, you. thanks for bringing it. We're over. I, we're, think we, I think we're going to 3.30. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. hey, sit back down. we got to sign off. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Douglas. Oh, we're going to 3.30, man. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> thanks, You're Douglas, through, for doing man. what you do. Good to see you, Kurt. Chris, Good thanks again. And we will heavy metal. see wow. you guys Monday at 11 o'clock. I'm hanging with the boys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!